Hello everyone and welcome to I Am Lacey Unleashed. It is Friday and I am recording my Friday recap podcast. This is where I just go kind of expand on what I talked about on social media this week. And this week I really kind of continue to dive into the narrative that is going to be my genre for the first part of the year, maybe the entire year of 2023. And this is the idea that I want to call online coaches into true business leadership, into true business ownership. And I actually just caught myself from responding to a post that I saw on social media with a gentleman that I have a podcast scheduled with later this week. And I was going to respond and then I decided that I would rather bring it here because this is my podcast. And it was basically a financial advisor saying that, and I'll just read it. Let me, let me see if I can find it here while I am recording. And I admire this person. Obviously I'm going to be on his podcast. It says, coaches, you're not investing in your business. You're overspending. And From a financial advisor perspective, as somebody that was in financial advising for years, I understand what he is saying, but then as a small business owner, I agree to disagree. I think one of the biggest problems in our industry as coaches is that there was zero barrier to entry. This means that anybody can go online on Instagram and start a business selling coaching or selling whatever, anything, and call themselves an entrepreneur and a business person. And just because you sell coaching on Instagram does not mean you are an entrepreneur or a business person. It can just mean simply that you are selling a product that does not necessitate anything. And so when you have zero barrier to entry in an industry, you're going to have a lot of people that are in it that actually shouldn't have been granted entry. And one of the things that I think actually grants entry into a space is making an investment into it. I mean, if you were going to open a restaurant, nobody's like, hey, I think I want to like take over that building down the road. And I'm just going to start like throwing together pizzas and shit like in it. No, that's not the way it works. If you want to open up a pizza place, you're going to have to rent the building. They're probably going to want first and last month's rent if you're leasing it. You're going to have to sign a lease contractually obligating you to pay for that building. You're probably going to take out a loan to refit and refab that building so that you can make pizzas in it. You're going to have to buy equipment. You might have to buy cars to deliver the pizza. You're going to have to take out, you're going to have to redo bathrooms and make sure they're ADA compliant. You have to do all of these things to have that business. And that's going to take you into some debt. The Most people would say, I would like to own a pizza place, but they might look at it and go, but I don't know that I want to take on $300,000 worth of debt to open that pizza place. The $300,000 worth of debt is your barrier to entry. In the online space, anybody sitting behind a phone screen or computer can say, I feel like signing up. I feel like signing on to Instagram and selling some coaching today. And suddenly, bam, you have a business And there's no barrier to entry. I think barrier to entry starts with investing in that business. Now, do I think that investing in your business 
has become problematic on some levels. Yes, but I don't think it's problematic on all the levels that you think. I actually had a conversation with somebody today where she has young women telling her that their main goal for business is to be able to invest in a certain coach. Whoa, whoa, wee, whoa, 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 whoa. If the only reason that you are starting a business and building a coaching business is so that you can one day afford to be in that coach's mastermind or work with that coach, if that's your only business goal, then you don't have a business. You're just playing in high school where you want to sit at the popular table again. That's not wanting to be an entrepreneur. That's wanting to be popular and sit at the popular table with the popular coaches, quote unquote. That's not wanting a business. So I think it's it's somewhat problematic, the, the thought process behind investing. I'm somebody that has invested heavily in my business. I believe in mentorship and I believe in investments, but I only believe in investments that one I know that I am going to lean into and utilize. I have never invested for status. I have invested because I desire to take and extract and grow and expand and because I'm committed, which is why every single investment I have made in some way, shape or form has propelled me forward because the energy is to for me to become and expand into something bigger and to learn and take lessons. I think there's a lot of, of people that expect to invest and to have quick success. That's not the vibe. I think a lot of people invest because their friends do. I've had many people say like, well, my friend did it, so I did it. Also not a good reason to invest. I Oh, I invested because... So and so and so and so and so and so and also not a good reason to invest. So I think it's the mindset behind it. I have invested in mentors that I know are going to be able to support me to the goals that I have and I utilize them accordingly. At some point, you could have said that I overspent. There was some overspending, quote unquote, some going into debt a couple of times to get me where I'm at. That doesn't mean I was wrong. It just means that I did what I had to do to propel the business forward. I've never been afraid of taking on debt to propel my business forward. I think that having some debt is part of being a small business owner. Ask anybody that owns a brick and mortar. Ask my friends that have opened gyms. Ask my friends that have insurance agencies. Ask my friends that have CrossFit gyms. Ask my friends that have opened an Orange Theory Fitness. Ask my my friends that have opened bike shops. Ask my friends that own three bike shops. Guess what they have as small business owners? D-E-B-T. Wealthy people recognize that debt in some phases is leverage. Here's the problem. And I'm gonna take this back to what I talk about a lot on my page. If coaches were investing like business people, we wouldn't have a problem with investments. If coaches were investing like business people, we wouldn't have a problem with investments. Instead, coaches are investing because they're looking for quick results, 
Instead, coaches are investing because it's a popularity contest. Instead, coaches are investing because their friends are. That's the problem with investing. Right there. I will always stand behind support and mentorship that helps you get from point A to point B with the least amount of resistance, knowing that the person investing is going to do the work. If I had me a nickel for every time somebody's invested in me and didn't do the work, I'd have me a lot of nickels. It's happened a lot. It's happened a lot with with nutrition coaching. I'm going to call it all out. How many times, coaches, have you had people that invest in your coaching and they ghost you? They don't even show up. They don't even show up. Does that mean that those people should, that people in general should stop investing in nutrition coaching? No, that we want people that are ready to do the work to invest in nutrition coaching, to invest in nutrition coaching. But I mean, I'm somebody that I went into debt to work with a nutrition coach at one point because my health was in the tank and that's what I needed to do to get my health to a better point and I did it and my health has turned into everything I have. So I don't, I don't, I don't like these black and white like like statements, I will stand behind that. I think there's a lot of nuance there. And I think, you know, if we are going to call online businesses, small businesses, small businesses have debt. It's just the way it is. I think there's, do I think there can be some overspending? Sure. Do I think that there can be some people that are doing it for the wrong reasons in the wrong way? Absolutely. But do I believe I want to make a blanket statement about that? Absolutely not. I have a feeling that's going to be talked about on this podcast. Maybe he'll listen to this and realize that he doesn't want me on there. Doesn't want to spar with me. That's cool too. Um, so I've really started to hone in on this idea that like, not this idea, this, this, like my motto for this year is that coaches should be business owners. And this means, you know, taking chances. This means going, making moves even when it doesn't make sense. I think for some people it does. I, if I waited for every single time my life was supposed to be perfect to grow my business, I would still be waiting because my, my life has never been the perfect scenario to grow my business. I have grown my business amidst imperfect scenarios for the last five years since I became a parent of not one but two special needs children and that is why I'm a formidable force when it comes to business. Um, One of my favorite things that I talked about this week and I actually when I posted it I didn't think anybody was going to get it. I had a moment earlier this week where I realized that some of my the things in my daily life that trigger me the most are just the resurgences of versions of me that remind me how far I've come, but it's just a reminder of like, damn, I used to be that. And these triggers and resurgences come in the form of, you know, reading things on social media, conversations that I have with clients, conversations that I have in the DMs. I This is, happens a lot. I have conversations with people in the DMs and I'm like, damn, I'm triggered by that. And I realize it's because that's something that former me would have said. And on the other hand, as much as it triggers me when sometimes like there was there was a moment this week when somebody said something to me in the DMs and I was so triggered and I was like, why am I so triggered by that? And I was like, because this reminds you of who you were back in 2013, 2014. 
And so I could lean in and look at what that person said to me and recognize, man, this is really showing me how far I've come. And I think that's such a special way of looking at it. When you get triggered by your clients, by people in the DMs, by people on social media, like what is it teaching you about yourself? A lot of times for me, it's revealing versions of myself or like revealing still latent patterns in my body and in my brain that haven't been fully healed or resolved or I'm like, oh, I thought I was over that. I need to go back a little bit. And I just like, I just was thinking about that. I was literally blow drying my hair and I had this thought process and I just grabbed the camera and I filmed myself blow drying my hair and I just, I didn't even format the reel. I just put like a sentence so I would remember what it was and saved it and finished it up the next day. But I just had this overwhelming like feeling of like, man, all of these things that have triggered me, it's just me coming face to face with versions of myself that I feel like I've left behind, but maybe they're a little bit lingering. Maybe I need to go back there and do a little bit more work, a little bit more spring cleaning. Another thing I talked about this week was how I've subconsciously become bad at marketing. It's funny, this post I actually wrote weeks ago, Christopher and I had a really deep conversation and I wrote this post and I never, it never turned into anything. And I kind of researched it out of my Canva drafts and made it. And it, it reminded me of my days as a financial advisor. I remember having a conversation with a friend that was not in the financial advising industry, but had been like really taken advantage of by you know, someone that they had worked with in the investment world. And they said, that industry is so full of criminals and crooks. Like, how do you even stand that? And to be honest, the financial advising world is full of criminals and crooks. I worked with a lot of them. Like, I could tell you stories. Like, it was crazy. But I looked at this, I forget who it was. Like, I, I can't, this was years ago. And I said, I operate on the basis of I would never do anything to someone or advise anyone on something knowingly that I wouldn't want advised on to my parents or my grandparents. If I can't wake up and look myself in the eye, then I've lost myself. And to be honest, I've held myself to that same level of integrity in the online space. I realized that I could make a lot more money if I threw out false promises, if I made guarantees, if I used really hardcore selling language, if I had teams and throngs of DM setters pretending to be me in the DMs. Um, I think that's fine. It's just not my vibe. But, you know, I could do all of those things, but for me as a person, those things are not in integrity. If they're in integrity for somebody else, that's fine. They're not in integrity with me. And so I've never run my business like that because the moment I start running my business out of integrity, then I, I've lost. If I lose the ability to wake up and look at myself in the mirror and recognize who I am, then I, then I've lost everything. And so that was just really a declaration. Um, kind of rounding out the week, you know, I talked a little bit about scaling and how it's done wrong. I've talked about this before. I, I really think the online space 
you know, really five solid years into online coaching, especially online health coaching, we're realizing that some of the initial ways that they people were taught to scale by hiring a bunch of assistant coaches, by, you know, doing all of these things. It just, the math isn't mathing. And I've been guilty of advising on those things and have really recognized in the last eight months, like, hey, this is not making sense. And I refuse to advise on this this way anymore. Um, it it just doesn't make sense. And I don't think anybody intentionally did this wrong. I think it's just our industry is young enough where people didn't know. People truly didn't know. And we're just figuring it out. And so I think there's some grace that needs to be given there. But I think we've been here long enough in the online space that we don't need to keep beating our head against the wall. If it doesn't make sense for somebody to hire three assistant coaches with less than $20,000 in revenue, let's just go ahead and not do that. If you can't carry 10 to 12 to 15K months consistently by yourself, you have no business bringing on somebody else unless you, until you have proven proof of concept. Consistently. Proven proof of concept. Consistently. Again, I take it back to if, you know, somebody opens a pizza place, a lot of pizza places, you know, restaurants, they're not going to open a second location for years. One, because I got to take on more debt. And two, because they got to figure out all the kinks with the first one, right? So why are we advising coaches in the first year when they're just figuring it out? They haven't even figured out how to pay their taxes correctly. They haven't even filed their first year as an LLC. Hell, some of them, I have had coaches come to me that don't even have LLC set up in their hiring assistant coaches contractually. It doesn't make it make sense. No, you might need some more time. Lastly, you know, I just kind of laid out like, you know, the litmus test of what I look at if I'm ever struggling with clients. I outlined piece by piece by piece how I assess what I need to do to get clients. Where am I showing up? What am I doing? Where are my blind spots? And I just outlined it piece by piece by piece. But here's what I know. You can masculine strategy, and this is really what I was talking about, and it's my last couple of days of the last launch of Intimate Coach Collaborative. I love this program. I am sad to see this be the last round that I run like this, but I'm also excited for the future. The decision has been all mine to make it to be make it be the last one. But really, what that container is is a lot of coaches come to me and they're on paper doing everything right. And something is just not making sense. And this is where coaches get to lean into the more magical side that a lot of times coaches try to lean into this side too soon, too soon. But it's finding that like part of you that has some leftover things that are feeding into your mindset, that are feeding into your messaging, that are feeding into how you show up, that is keeping you from the level that you're supposed to be at. And if I love doing one thing, it's working with clients privately in a close proximity and getting to the bottom of like what is actually holding them back. And I've gotten the opportunity to do that a lot this week. Today was is one of those today. This week is one of those weeks where I feel like I mentored the F 
out of myself. Like I really, I mentored hard this week. I gave a lot of hard truths this week. Um, but I think that's necessary. I know that that's necessary for growth. Having hard conversations, holding up a mirror, noticing blind spots, looking in places where you didn't know to look. And so really that was what that post was about. Um, I do have two more spots for Intimate Coach Collaborative. I would love to fill those two spots, but I'm actually not attached to filling those two spots because I truly believe in the magic that is this container and it's turned out perfectly every single time. And so if it is perfect with the number that I have, then I will trust in its perfectness. If there are supposed to be two more people in there, I will trust that those two more people will appear before, technically before Tuesday. But I trust in its perfectness. I I really launch this container with like zero attachment. Um, I like I I can't describe it any other way because I just I trust in the power of the women that say yes so easily that I wouldn't want to ha- bring in like any sort of coercing type of vibes to anybody else. It just doesn't feel good. So I don't. I just, I stand in my power. If they're supposed to be there, they're supposed to be there. If they're not, they're not. And ICC, the lessons in it will continue. It's going to look different. I can't tell you when that different is going to come out because I don't know yet. I can't tell you what that different exactly looks like because I don't know yet. I just know it's going to include less of me directly. ICC is a very intensive container, meaning when I am running that container, I am all in, full court press. I am on those calls fully. I am engaged with the guest speakers fully. I am engaged with the Slack channel fully. I am all in. And I just have felt this call to pull back access to me. And this is, I was having, like I said, I had this conversation, I had a two-hour meeting with a fractional CFO today that really gave me some incredible feedback on our books. She went through our entire QBO and, I mean, kind of decimated me, if I'm being honest. It was, it was enlightening. You know, we've done a really good job at some things, and then there's some things, as there are in any business, that need to be cleaned up. Um, you know, we had really healthy profit margins at the end of 2022. Um, you know, we had over 80,000 of like clear net profit. And then when you add in what was paid to my husband and I, we had 39.6% in profit margin. Just absolutely incredible, especially after years of like pouring in and pouring in and pouring in and pouring in. Um, to see that actually become realized was incredible. Um, And I just want to play in energy of women that they don't have to be there yet. I don't want you to feel, I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, I'm not at Lacey's level. It's not about being at my level. It's about knowing that you're meant to be leveling higher. I'm going to use this as an example. I have a young woman that is in private mentorship with me. 
Her business right now is making around five to six K a month. Her level is so elevated. Elevated isn't even the word. She's not there yet, but she's going to be there. The embodiment of how she shows up is so strong. You know, there's a lot of mentors that they want to say, I only want to work with high level people. I only want to work with high level people. I don't want to say I only want to work with high level people because it's not that I only want to work with high level people. Like high level meaning like people making lots of money. That's not the point. I've worked with people with lots of money that have really shitty mindsets too. But I want to work with women that want to level up. They want to level up their, like in all areas of their life, their business, their connection to themselves. They, they desire that. It's not about how much money they're making. It's not about what current level they're on. It's an embodiment. I had a woman come to me this time last year who was making less than $3,000 a month in her business. And now she is way above that working with me privately. And you know what? It's so evident. It wasn't about how much money she was making. It was about the embodiment of who she knew she was going to be and what she wanted to become. That's what I mean when I say I want to work with coaches that want to truly be CEOs. It's not that I want to work, oh, Lacey only wants to work with the coaches that already have money. No, no. I, the, money is not the prerequisite. It's an energy. It's an embodiment. It's a commitment. It's a drive. It's a mindset. It's a commitment to growth. It's a determination. It's a fire. It's an intensity. It's a devotion. It's a discernment. It's a level of emotional intelligence. It's so much more than the money. So much more than the money. And that, my friends, is what I have for you today. Thank you for joining me. I will see you all next week.